Okay, so hello everyone, and welcome back to I Couldn't Be YouTuber, so I decided to make a podcast instead, episode number 12, um, if I'm not mistaken. So we're going to be talking about an interesting title called Rise of the Poor Family, and um, you know various um, main character tropes are involved, um, but the main tag I want to talk about is this empire-building genre. Um, very political intrigue background, um, kind of historical fantasy, um, but for this one, we're going to call this Eastern fantasy. Now, um, for various reasons, and then I think there are various other sub-genres and tags that this would go into, um, but this is kind of what I mean when I talk about professions. We'll get, we'll get a lot of, we'll get into this quite a lot um, as um, I talk about this. Um, so let me pull up my um, document here that, that really inspired this. Um, yeah. Okay. So I, I recently encountered a quote, which is like, you know, the reason why everyone enjoys a grassroots story, right? Basically coming from nothing and, you know, becoming rich is because those stories are rare. Um, that was in one of my more recent, I think, infinite flow novels. And there's a lot of like military and war action movies involved as well. Um, <laughs> I, I wrote some interesting stuff down. Um, uh, I, I remember uh, a false summary, which is like reading this. You're reading the story of a mediocre man who, instead of fighting to do what he right, fighting to do what he writes, writes what he should have done. Anyway, I thought it was very interesting. Um, but yeah, so we'll start off with Rise of the Poor Family. There's a various couple titles that come to mind as well: Way of Choices, Joy of Life, The Great Tang Idol, um, the first, uh, the uh, first family in the Tang Dynasty. Some very, very interesting genres and tropes involved. So for the most part, if you're familiar with the tropes of Wuxia, you'll know that there's always this genre of, of you know, when when a character, you know, comes through, like when he traverses, whether he died by jumping in front of a truck, very much isekai, or just suddenly waking up and finding yourself, you know, in a different body, right? That's very, very famous, right? Kingdom's Bloodline, um, Emperor of Blood and Steel, he actually went back in time. Um, I'm trying to think of the other one, uh, other ones. Um... Yeah, th those are the only um, empire-building ones that come to mind. Blackstone Code, Black Dragon's Code, actually. Um, but yeah, usually um, a, quite a familiar trope is that you either wake up as an animal. Usually, you know, they, the form is usually dragons, um, either gods, right? That's quite famous. Uh, I, I am the god of video games, and Cthulhu Gonfalon has a lot of empire-building. Those are more religious-based, um, you know, cultivation-based and faith-based. Um, there's quite a lot of gods ones if you're interested, but you, you got to really hunt for them. Um, I want to be talking more in the human realm, so basically more politics, more army, um, and, and more like historical events, right? You know, some some of the ones that come to mind actually would be um, the human emperor. Um, I, that one, you know, starts off as empire building and then moves on to more magical fantasy um, and cultivation. Um, there's also a lot of um, besides just empire building, there's just a lot of historical fantasy, right? Like the Mediterranean hegemony, there's a very famous novel updates, um, you know, the Fox of France, um, just these various genres of um, regular history, right? A European history, like Greek, Italian. Um, there's some Russian literature as well. World War II is actually covered quite a lot. I think um, my Age of Empire was really nice about, you know, the Kingdom of Bavaria. Uh, the various politics in Germany and Bavaria were very interesting to read. My Hardy Empire in 1945. Um, some various, there was a really famous um, Russian gangster empire building um, web novel that um, was drawn to my attention. I don't really remember the titles, 
but I, I, I remember is really good. And then a lot of like gangster um, and old West um, fictions are, you know, drawn into this. And then, you know, there's like one or two Native American fictions. Um, very much all of these are very nationalistic, if you can't tell already. Um, um, the Human Emperor, there there are a couple factions that I, I still remember, which is the Big Food, right, Dashi, um, which I think refers to the Turks, um, um, basically um, Middle Eastern, um, you know, traders and whatnot. You have, you know, you know, just the various regions and countries around China, right? You know, ASEAN Alliance, the Southeast Asian um, countries, right? Indonesia, Vietnam, Korea... I'm trying to think off the top of my head which are the countries. Uh, India, a little bit. Um, th that's not as much talked about. Mongolians. Um, and then the Japanese. Obviously, very, very, uh, a lot of influences there. So I'm trying to think, is there another? What's the one next to Indonesia, Malaysia? And then you have the Philippines and whatnot. Yeah, more often than not, there are a couple major countries that, as I said before, because it's empire building and it has a lot to do with geography and political history, um, has a lot to do with various um, big countries, right? Um, European countries, um, obviously there's going to be the United States, um, but, you know, there will also be a lot of French and, you know, British influences, which is surprising. I think most people know that, you know, the British were in China, but um, I think a lot of people um, kind of forget that the French, there used to be a area called the French Indochina, where France controlled large parts of Siam, um, the Dutch were in Indonesia and Japan at one point, right? And the Portuguese, they're not as often talked about, but, you know, they, they kind of exist. And then that, that influence actually goes to Africa as well, right? You know, the De Beers diamond mines, the Boer Wars, um, Australian mines. I recently read a web fiction. Sorry, no, not a web fiction. A web novel concerning all those topics. Let me see if I can pull that up, actually. Um, but that's more urban life, uh, modern urban life, actually. So it's kind of interesting to see that. Um, where would that be from? That is actually fascinating. Because I actually don't recall where this De Beers stuff comes from. It's, it's not astrological rat, right? This is actually going to be frustrating to look for. Um... Yeah, give me one quick sec. I, I need to actually find this title because it's gonna annoy me if I don't. Okay, sorry. I I, I found it. Um, uh, it was called. Um, the English title is called. Um, uh, 房爹在天，呃，在守天下我有。呃，房爹在守天下我有。Uh, um, so basically, uh, uh, under um. Under um, the hands of a house dad, I, uh, he controls the world or something. Um, very much urban life, um, do-over, um, counter-attack 1988. Um, but yeah, empire building um, in this genre of historical fiction, or Eastern fantasy as it's classified, um, has a lot of um, different subgenres as well. Um, BL obviously is a huge one, because whenever you go back, basically any genre you could think of, BL exists, right? Wuxia, you have, you know, the villain, sect, and BL. Um, you know, reincarnation, BL exists. Apocalypse in science fiction, there's some BL. Um, Interstellar, definitely BL, like ABO cadets. Um, empire building ones, you know, you have the show and the prince, um, or, you know, the prime minister, um, and, and um, you know, the 
the White Lotus or whatever, and the various period dramas um, that come with um, Chinese um, em empire building, right? Sometimes you have the empress, you have a lot of um, the palace harem and, and just, you know, the palace struggles, right? So um, female uh, ladies in waiting, the maids, um, the various concubines, you know, the movie or media that comes to mind is Farewell, My Concubine. Not as interesting as a film as I expected it would be, kind of not my taste. Um, I guess if you really enjoy pecking opera or something, you might enjoy it, but uh, I, I struggled to get through that, um, and I don't think I ever finished. I, I kind of walked out because the movie was just too boring. Um, but yeah, a lot of empire struggles have a lot to do with just um, the various affairs of court, right? So I'm going to talk about the affairs of court before we move on to some of the more um, lower levels uh, of empire building. Um, I feel like I definitely should have talked about this when I talk about, you know, like, stuff like ascendance of the bookworm and professions and whatnot but if i haven't um I, I guess i'll go through it again i'll have to definitely check some of the audio again um so within the palace right so you have the structure basically goes emperor now for some of you who may be interested what's the difference between an emperor and a king right so a king is you know the head of a kingdom he has his ministers right he has the nobles the aristocrats he has to please um you know the various factions as well that are involved you know the merchants and whatnot and then if you've ever watched game of thrones you know you know you kind of like know a little bit about like you know the various struggles and like the house of cards of being a king right um an emperor is very much the same thing the distinction is between the king is the head of a kingdom right usually he gets his powers from god the emperor is the head of an empire very slight nuance, slight difference, but that's why you have emperors and kings, right? So that's why Napoleon was an emperor, and Rome had emperors after, you know, Augustus Caesar died, you know, after Brutus and Cassius died, and then, you know, his nephew, then adopted son, became emperor. And, and you know, that, that that's kind of how you get the distinction of, like, empires, right? I think, what, French is on, like, the third or fourth empire, and then, like, the German, that was, that was what Reich stood for. Reich just stood for empire. So you, you had all that history, and then, you know, the Russian Tsar coming from, you know, the term Caesar, basically just meaning, you know, emperor. Um, you know, Junker, I think, was a term for Germans. Tsar was a term for Russians, right? Tsar, Ekaterina, you know, you know, the fall of the Romanovs. Um, I can't recall if there was ever an emperor of England or Britain. I know there's like, you know, the King of Normandy, you know, and Alfred the Unready. You can see a lot of CDP Greys, um, War of Roses and his history of the royals, um, you know, going back to 1066, uh, a lot of British history and royalty there. You had the French and, you know, a lot of European countries will have various emperors. I'm pretty sure it's Italy, Portuguese, Spain, um, Greece even, and then obviously a lot of the African countries from Morocco to Egypt, you know, kings and emperors, um, quite popular. But yeah, so we're going over the Chinese emperor and palace structure. I I'm basically reciting this from my web novel knowledge, not actually, this is not formal knowledge. Um, so you have the emperor usually plays a huge role. Any sort of political intrigue or events that happen will either originate from the emperor or the emperor's death. There's always a power struggle, so, you know, the emperor for the most part, will die or he's on his way out. And usually that power struggle is generally a very familiar arc, right? Whether, you know, you have a benevolent emperor, you have a weak emperor who doesn't really know what he's doing, um, you know, a, a corrupt emperor that you're trying to overthrow, a really smart emperor, but, you know, is about to throw the the whole empire into turmoil. You have all those various different conflicts for our MC to resolve. Now, 
one step lower from the emperor, one of the factions within the political factions within the palace. The emperor obviously holds the most power. He holds a lot of the religious authority, and he is definitely one of the power players that the main character is going to have to fight around. Usually there is a group of eunuchs, right? These are considered the officials. These are considered, you know, the em uh, emperor's closest courtiers, right? So basically his right-hand men, right? Basically he the, the eunuchs are the people that will be um, listening to the emperor's concerns. They are his mouthpieces, um, you know, it, um, and they usually um, have been around the emperor since he was a child, right? Because, you know, all emperors will have a power struggle before they become an emperor. So a lot of them will, you know, be childhood friends. Now, why do the existence of eunuchs exist, right? Because Chinese have a very sensitive culture around having children, right? One of um, the duties of a son, right, is to produce an heir, right? You know, to continue the family bloodline. It's that, that sense of, you know, family heritage and inheritance, very, very strong, kind of like, you know, the first child inheritance in, in European countries as well. Um, but yeah, so to cut off that bloodline, to um, lose that, you know, vital function of the body, that's why they're called eunuchs. I, I won't explain it because I think most people should be familiar with what a eunuch is. Um, that is why they're able to ascend to positions of high power because, you know, nepotism cannot exist if they do not have children, right? So, you know, they, they will be the uncle of a nephew, but there will always be that gap in bloodline. Um, so then you have these various families, right? These families, these nobles, these aristocrats, obviously with bloodlines. Um, usually come from two sources. You come from civil officials, right? You know, it's supposedly a meritocracy. Um, it's actually more of a bureaucracy, really. So you have these civil examinations that kind of influence, you know, the current um, the current state of of testing gall call, as they call it, um, in, in China. Um, so that's how you kind of become a civil official. You have to study for like five or 10 years. You have to study under a famous tutor. And then, you know, after that tutelage, after you pay your tuition fees, you can, you know, test to become a civil official. And then, you know, you have to gain merit. Um, and, and then we'll, we'll talk a little bit more about how civil officials get promoted. So that is one track. And then you have the military tract, right? The military track is basically you're in the army, you become a general and, and you know, you ascend up the ranks from a soldier or whatnot. Then you get, you know, a, like training to become an official or training to become a general and all of these things are variously interconnected and you have the families right um the families the aristocrats how do they come to power the very same way most people they either take it from someone or they supported the emperor in, in the previous struggle right i think this is actually slightly different from most king kingdoms right um usually if the emperor comes to power, right? He will keep the families that were loyal to him, that helped him ascend to power or helped his family ascend to power while throwing away the keys of power that didn't help him. You know, more CGP Grey references to, you know, the House of Cards and his video series on on how power exists. But yeah, so um, the emperor usually has various families that are loyal to him, you know, the various military families that have served him well. Um, and then, you know, there's generation of of emperors. So usually, for the most part, our main character will come from a military family, just because that's where you get a lot of backing, you know, you have your elders, um, and, and usually it's very easy to have a military family come into conflict with the emperor, but still, you know, be able to, and, and for our main character to engage in various military conflicts. Because, you know, just reading about a main character who just in, get, engages himself in civil affairs is a little bit boring, right? Yeah, a little bit of economics is fine, you know, that's where a lot of his entertainment industry pops up is very interesting for empire building but for the most part 
you know, you want a little bit of warfare. You want a little bit more conflict rather than just being in the um, in the capital, right? So usually our main character will travel around for civil affairs, but then get, get involved in various things, various events. So uh, I know I'm jumping off around here, but this actually might be a cool cool thing to do an outline on. So so let's talk about civil affairs, right? Civil affairs, um, some things that will pop up is... Um, um, fighting the local dragons, right? What what we m might nowadays call the political incumbents, right? So some of some of the most famous examples of film I can think of is The Wire. Um, yes, Prime Minister um, in England, right? In Britain, um, a lot of BAFTAs there um, by Nigel Hawthorne and um, whoever I can't remember who the PM was. Uh, what was the PM's name? You know, Arnold. And uh, this is actually depressing that I can't like. There's a reason why everyone remembers Nigel Hawthorne, but no one remembers um, uh, Derek Folds, of course, and oh yeah, Jim Hacker, of course. Ah, it's so unfortunate though. Like a great actor, but his character is not very well played. Uh, not not very well played, but just not as memorable as Nigel Hawthorne. Um, but yeah, so usually you know defeating the political incumbents, you know the local snakes. Um, on the official side, right? Because you know the officials, they usually have powers um, and influence with the families. Then you have the local gangs, right? You know the various poverty allocations, whether it be you know local farming, which you know yet generally is improved with science, right? Yuanlongping and his yellow rice. You know rice yields are a big part of culture, right? If you if you're starving and hungry, you know the empire really can't grow. The various um, public um, Public welfare projects, right? Pub public engineering projects such as, you know, dams, right? Du Jiang Yin, right? I think that's a very famous dam in China, historic dam. Um, and usually, you know, you divert that water for um, agriculture, right? You know, Leonardo da Vinci made a series of dams, not just for warfare, but also just for agriculture. Agriculture, mapping, cartography, all a big part of, 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 building an empire, right? So so then you have elements of transportation as well, you know, road building, cement, railroads, you know, iron and steel, industrialization, a lot of those ones comes into play. Now, the various styles of that will influence how good or how bad a web novel is. So for a longer term web novel, they will go through the stages of industrialization. So I've seen stuff like shipbuilding. I think it was like, you know, the first Tang Dynasty, there's a lot of shipbuilding involved, right? You know, shipbuilding technology, you know, to exit out, right? So you have like the famous um, uh, naval naval exchanges, Zheng He, right? He's the most famous Chinese um, naval explorer. Um, you have the Japanese pirates. That's always a very famous one. Um, what was the one? What was it called? Uh, Typhoon? There was like a famous, the kamikaze, right? You know, how the Mongolians were trying to enter Japan. Um, the various um, Japanese pirates, obviously, so then you have a lot of, you know, there's where a lot of nationalism comes in from. Um, they're various um, trying to get tributes from Korea, Vietnam, right? Um, Yunnan and Chaoxian. Um, Hangua, um, but yeah, no, they're called Chaoxian, actually. Um, that's North Korea, DPR, uh, the DPRK, the Democratic uh, Republic uh, of North Korea. Um, Democratic People's Republic of Korea, right? You know, the, the North, North Korea, that's what it's known in Chinese um, texts and whatnot. So, you know, there's there's a lot of um, talk uh, about global and regional politics with, yeah, the DPRK and um, Vietnam. 
Um, and then obviously Western powers, right? You know, Portuguese, Spain, the Dutch, French, British. And then if you're going into more modern era, right, you know, past like the 18 and 1900s, you have Commodore Perry and his takeover of, you know, oh, not takeover, but, you know, his his um, landings in Japan and whatnot are quite famous. So, you know, a lot of uh, gunpowder and stuff definitely come into play as well. Um yeah, so I've, I've seen a lot of stuff, right? There are the Mongolian horses, right? You know, um, the Mongolian and Middle Eastern horses are always a, a big plot thing, right? You know, I think some, I think one or two of them actually even talked about like some Roman legions that like made their way into China and whatnot. You know, a lot of fantasy stuff, a lot of, a lot of conspiracy stuff and a lot of famous historical events, right? And then you have the various fun events as well, right? Collecting um, it, it's almost like a card game, a gacha game, where you're just collecting famous characters, right? It's like, oh, I met this, like, what was it? Um, if you've ever listened to SCP, uh, no, not SCP, <laughs> OSP, Overly Sarcastic Productions, there was this famous um, fan fic, uh, uh, religious fan fiction, um, Dante's Inferno, right? Basically just going over the various people he met in, like, hell and, like, religious stuff in heaven. Um, and so, you know, a lot of these empire-building novels um, do call back to a lot of famous historical figures right you know you know the water god the people famous political figures um that were um who they felt were unjustly persecuted um you know some people meet with zhuge liang uh, cao cao right liu bei so I, i've seen all sorts of perspectives from historical fantasy very very fun to read a lot of these military stuff as well um the human emperor various human tactics um you know the generals the strategists the the logistics people, um, famous lieutenants, right? You know, all, all these various characters really, really come out. Um, sometimes there's a little bit of Wuxia, but for the most part, I think they kind of stick to empire building. So yeah, okay, now going back to the palace, let's talk about some of the various plots that they encounter, right? As I said before, usually um, we start off with a military family, right? So some sort of backing, usually they're kind of weak, right? So that the main character can come in and improve and create their own forces. Um, the ones that come to mind is over, uh, otherworldly evil monarch, right? Um, and you slowly train your own forces. There's a lot of military training involved. Uh, um, and then obviously there's always ec economic plots. Um, so I'm trying to think off the top of my head. So there's a lot of religious ceremonies um, involved with the emperor making sacrifices to, you know, keep the mandate of heaven. But, you know, for whatever reason, um, there's a lot of political intrigue going on in the capital, like it should be, right? You have the eunuchs that are always, you know, deciding um, on whose side to fall on. Um, then you have the heirs to the emperor, right? You know, the emperor's sons, these dragon sons and phoenix daughters, right? Very, very, very touchy subject, right? You know, because you have the princesses, you know, they're called princesses. Um, Usually, <laughs> they're kind of mostly dealt with political marriages. You will almost never see the main character marry um, a princess. Very rarely. In Wuxia, definitely. But in, in empire building, almost non-existent. Um... A lot of the princes, though, there's a, there's a lot of infighting over technology, right? So a lot of stuff like um, what I talked about with um, Marn, Ascendance of the Bookworm. Um, what were some of the other ones um, that I talked about? Jeez, uh, did I really not cover this? Okay, dang. So uh, I'll have to check my audio recordings. Um, various technologies and industrialization will definitely start to appear, you know, the supply chain. I'm increasing wages, transportation is always a big deal. Um, 
and then the ones that stay within the period. So obviously a lot of empire building will be based around mystery, right? About uncovering these various plots. Um, Joy of Life is much more um, a spy thriller based scene. Right? You know, there, there's an underlying mystery at hand and then our main character is trying to uncover these clues, whether it's clues about, you know, parents or the clues about, you know, the future assassination, right? Uh, of, of the emperor, right? Like why do things unfold the way they do? Um, sometimes it's an external force and sometimes Sometimes it's an eternal one. I remember Joy of Life was very interesting. The way they conducted it was very interesting. A lot of VR MMOs will take that into effect as well, right? Um, um, Noble Mage Behind the Scenes. That, that was a really fun series to read because um, it talks a lot about like just fate and luck and, and that system. Um, there's, I think Rise of the Poor Family talks about like systems of luck. I think they, they did a very interesting job. Um, of it, right, you know, uh, attracting luck from, you know, characters or sons of heaven as, as, you know, these people with, you know, famous protagonist luck are called. Um, not necessarily quite plot armor, but these people are able to achieve a lot of things. You have the mountain bandits, um, um, mountain men, right, um, you know, kind of like Robin Hood. So you have um, a lot of gangs, um, a lot of thieves and robbers along the way. And, and there's always a lot of interesting friends to meet, right? You know, you have the religious figures, like people from the Buddhist temples, um, um, the various legal factions. I remember the human emperor. Um, there's a lot of literary and civil um, affairs that are being discussed. And one other thing is you get to see the culture, right? I think that's a really, really fun part, right? Whether it's entertainment novels, stuff like uh, I Really Am a Superstar, um, or you know, Rise of the Poor Family, there's a lot of um, poetry being involved, right? So um, very, very famous poets, very, very famous artists like Li Bai, right? He's the guy that drew the horses um, or calligraphy. Calligraphy was really big back then. Um, yeah, so so a lot of these very interesting historical examples are really brought out, and, and it's really fun to read, actually, you know, because it's a web novel rather than, you know, reading it from a textbook, right? Because it's all about, like, speculation, and then, you know, that sense of what would you do if you went back in time. Um, obviously, you know, there are various flooding events um, in the West. Um, I think more people are familiar with eclipses, right? Um, in Italy, you know, astronomy is always a big deal. Um, I'm trying to think in China, what were some of the more interesting plots that happened? Um, the water gods, right? You know, the various religious gods are always fun to read about. Um, and then, you know, empire building ones, you have stuff like Sword of Daybreak. Um, there's a lot of interstellar empire building ones. I can't really remember any off the top of my head, but I know there are a lot, right? Uh, the, the pirates one that I talked about, Supreme Leader in the science fiction series is a really amazing one. Um... Sorry, the Great Tongue Idyle. Um, there are trains. I know trains is always like a, a big deal because of transportation, um, and then the various cars. Um, you know, the Magical Industrial Empire, which is just about magic engineering in another world, and then you have a lot of um, sales. I don't think they actually. I think that what goes to Chapter Two Thousand, so they're almost done translating it. Um, but yeah, I remember reading the Raws. Very fun stuff. Um, then it talks about the various tribes and the various races. Um, you know, there there are magical empires as well, right? You know, Isekai stuff. What was the one about, like, elves are always a big deal as well. They're always a big faction when it comes to, um, you know, Isekai and fantasy. Um, yeah, I think they were a really big deal in Magical Industrial Empire. Uh, let's see here. The more modern iteration of that would be, like, you know, the money-making one and the island building. That's always big. Treasure hunts, basically. And anything involving treasure hunts or the do-over in business genre... 
is kind of like modern empire building, but you know, pre previous empire building, you're really building it from scratch. And there was a there were there are two really good ones. I think one of them is Magical Industrial Empire, where there's a conflict between the main character and a royal family. Yeah, that's definitely Magical Industrial Empire. And then there was one. I think it was like Rise of the Official or something, where I remember this plot so clearly because it was so unique. It was basically our main character is sent to be um, an official in, in some backwater town, right? And then for whatever reason, he's being scapegoated, as as you do with you know various political intrigues, right? There's a, you're either the scapegoat or you're playing you're playing the game, as they might say in The Wire. And as he's about to be arrested, like in this um, quarantine area where there's some sort of infection going on, right? Because infection's a big deal, both in military, right? If you leave too many dead bodies, you know the rats get to it, and then you get plague. So you have to like spread lime and whatnot on a battlefield. You know that's knowledge from web novels, um, or just you know resolving issues um, with um, a town, right? So he is trapped in this town, and then the way he's not shot by soldiers, right? Because the you know the best people to make scapegoats are dead people, right? Because they can't defend themselves. So he actually devises a plan to not get shot by the soldiers, which is to bear the emperor's name on um, a piece of paper, like a sign, basically like one of those um, paper folding mats or something. And because he's holding an image of the empire, uh, emperor, right? Like just like one might, you know, have a portrait of a king. They are, if any soldier decides to shoot at that windowed paper, then they are pretty much, you know, shooting an image of the king. That is almost treason in that sense. So no soldier in their right mind or official in their right mind would ask the soldiers to shoot at a person if he is holding an image of the king, right? It's almost like declaring sanctuary. So it's a really, really interesting plot. It's one I think in the first 150 chapters. So it's not too much of a spoiler because there's still thousands of chapters in the back um to be honest with you like like very much like wuxia readers if you are an empire building reader you are definitely asking you are definitely asking for it to be drawn out to be long to be boring because it, it's very difficult to write these you got to understand from a writer's perspective there's a lot of research that goes into it um it's not necessarily niche but it's definitely hard to write because you know it's historical based and then I, I know that like they write it day by day and it's almost like their job at that point when they're writing thousands of chapters, but just know that the, these ones are also, like any web novel is very difficult to write, but I feel certain genres are definitely harder to write than others, right? Science fiction, you need creativity. Eastern fantasy, you need a good sense of plot. And, you know, especially with Wuxia, you need a good sense of writing. Urban life, um, I, in my opinion, is one of the easier ones, but to do it well, obviously it's difficult, right? Because you have to write hundreds of chapters and come up with interesting plots and drama um, for, you know, the romance aspects, um, you know, the economic aspects, and, and then not make it boring, right? Because for, for, in my opinion, urban life is probably the easiest one for me because, you know, you, you draw upon life experiences and, and then, you know, various events are set for you. But, you know, e each of the genres will have their own ups and downs. And then system novels... That's kind of difficult. System novels are definitely difficult to write about, like because you have to have a sense of measure. Um, you need to keep track of you know the system and make sure everything seems realistic. As I said before, all, all the genres will have various issues with it. Um, so yeah, so that's really empire building. I never actually really talked about the Chinese title, did I? So the Chinese title is Hamen Jueqi. Um, so Rise of the Poor Family, and, and the author is Zhu Lang Cai Jing. 
um, so Zulang is exhausted or tired. So that's basically the rough um, Google translation of the titles, Rise of the Poor Family, Rise of the Humble Family, and then Zulang is exhausted is the author. Um, so yeah, it's a very, very fun web novel, in my opinion. It's definitely one of the more fun ones to read about because you have a very intelligent main character. You kind of have to be an empire building one. You have to deal with a lot of these political intrigue. Um, what was the other one? Um, daily retirement life of uh, daily life of the retirement leader. That was um, retirement life of the leader. That was a fun one. Um, joy of life, as I mentioned before, kingdoms bloodline. Um, is there any one that I'm missing? Um, yeah, but there's always various plots about you know having to discuss with the eunuch. The emperor is unable to like do something for himself, so you have to like come come out. Um, there was a cultivation one I was recently reading. Um, it's it's in my daily list. I have a notepad of daily things to read. Um, not the not the Naruto fan fiction. Oh, several backers. Yeah, I have several backers. That's literally the Chinese, uh, the English translation of the title. Very fun one. Um, that one's more cultivation based. Um, rather than empire building, but it, the the point still stands. You kind of just have a family behind you, and then the main character goes off and do their own thing. Um, yeah, the palace harem is always an interesting one because you have all these dramas inside the palace, and then you know empire building can really mean a lot of things. You can take it in a lot of different ways, right? As I said before, there's the interstellar genre, there's BL genre, there's a lot of romance involved as well, um, and, and then you know the various prime ministers are definitely interesting for us. So. You know, it can even be a spy thriller or a detective novel, depending on where you go to. You usually have some some elements of that, right? You're trying to investigate this assassination. You're trying to investigate various spies. As I said, Joy of Life has a lot of that, and, and Kingdom's Bloodline has a lot of that. Uh, Emperor of Steel, I think, had some as well. So, you know, the various, you know, spy thriller um, makes an appearance in some of them. I, I think one of the ones that I'm constantly reminded of is like Detective D, but that kind of goes into goo and reverend insanity and stuff. But yeah, spy thriller is definitely a fun one. Um, the various um, people that you're able to arrest very much like modern life, you know, certain, certain characters... Um, have a lot of backing and family behind them so there are certain people you can arrest um and then there's certain ones that you can try by law provided that you have the emperor's favor or whatnot so various various fun plots actually like various corrupt ministers that you have to like navigate around um and then the prime minister is definitely always an interesting character usually these are very capable people um you know the most famous one i think most people are familiar with is zhuge liang right um i'm trying to think are there any other fame um um, Rochelle Fort in like, you know, Three Musketeers, um, um, Cardinal Mazarin. Um, I, I don't know why he's so famous. He's an Italian guy. I think he was in the Medici family or something. He is really famous. I don't know why I remember uh, Cardinal Mazarin, but he was an ambassador. Of, uh, oh, it's spy masters, right, right, right. You know, the very spy masters in England and in France. A lot of fun stuff and in Italy as well. I really don't remember why I remember Mazarin so much. I remembered a really smart guy um, that I talked to, talked about like European history. Um, there was like a conversation about European history with um, two of my friends and, and, and an art dealer, and they were talking about European history, and, and the guy's name came up. But it was really cool. Um, and yeah, so, so a lot of that historical history that you want to learn, um, you know, it's in web novels. Obviously, don't take everything in web novels for a fact, um, but definitely enjoyable to read. And, and that's kind of why I'm talking about it, because I, I think these are very, this is a very fun genre to read in. Um, 
unless you don't like history, then there's definitely more for you to read. But yeah, so, th so that's about it. Um, that's all I have to talk about. Um, I'm really hoping that this is one of my Discord um, ones that I like talked about and podcasted on Discord and not something that I previously recorded. Otherwise, I'd have to scrap this whole audio. Um, but yeah, thanks for listening to episode 12. And we're just going to stop here.